Hey, hey, and welcome back to Faith Field Woman. This is your host, Kristen. Today, we are going to talk about why we need to speak how big our God is, how mighty he is, instead of speaking more truth into our problems, into our fears. Hi, beautiful friend, and welcome to Faith Fueled Woman. I want to ask you, are you ready to accept the invitation we've been given to step into the adventure of pursuing God and what he has for us? Hi, I'm Kristen. I am an encourager. I'm a Christian inspirational speaker, author, and podcaster. I help women grow in their faith, purpose, and business so they can have lasting legacy and impact in their homes and in the world. If you want to partner with God to design your life to be less hurried, less stressed, be more excited and feel alive in your purpose and commitment to God and your family, this is the podcasting community for you. Okay, here we go. We're going to jump right in. And actually, I had seen a quote that just really struck me and prompted me wanting to talk about the story of David and Goliath and then some other scripture that I think can really encourage you and putting our faith and what we speak uh, about just how great and mighty and capable our God is. So the, the quote that I read was by She Journeys With Him, and it was, when David faced Goliath, he didn't talk about how dangerous Goliath was. He talked about how great God is. Don't talk fear, talk faith. Ugh, I thought that was so good. And for me, and maybe for you, it was such a good reminder that I need to not let my mind focus on my problems or not let my mind focus on worry or, you know, to speak them and continue to speak about how dangerous my problems are, how stressful my problems are, you know, or whatever each of us is going through. Instead, I need to keep talking about how great our God is, how mighty he is, how capable, how miraculous he is. And to me, that was a really clear statement or quote and such a good reminder. And the full story of David and Goliath is in 1 Samuel 17. And I'm just going to share a tiny bit of that with you. Okay, I am going to start with 1 Samuel 17, 4. So obviously, if you want to read the entire verse or uh, verses, you can uh, start with 1 Samuel 17. So here we go. Then Goliath, a Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be ours. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. And then it goes on to say that Jesse, the father, sends David to Saul's camp. And so I'm not going to read all of it, but basically David's um, three, three older brothers or Jesse's sons were all already at the camp to fight the Philistines. So David was sent to basically find out how things were going at the camp. And I think he was bringing um, him a basket of grains and bread and things. So anyway, so this is what's happening. He's journeying 
to go where basically this battle is about to take place. And so I'm just trying to get to the part I wanted to share with you. Okay. And it says, David left his things with the keeper of supplies and hurried out to the ranks to greet his brothers. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, had came out from the Philistine ranks. Then David heard him shout his usual taunt to the army of Israel. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. Have you seen the giant? The men asked. He comes out each day to defy Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters for a wife, and the man's entire family will be exempted from paying taxes. David asked the soldier standing nearby, what will a man get for killing this Philistine and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway, that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? And these men gave David the same reply. They said, yes, that is the reward for killing him. But when David's oldest brother, Elab, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. What have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question. He walked over to some others and asked them the same thing and received the same answer. Then David's question was reported to King Saul and the king sent for him. And then we get into, it is uh, 1 Samuel 17, 32. It says, David kills Goliath is sort of what's going to happen. It says, don't worry about the Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to, club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. Saul finally consented. All right, go ahead, he said, and may the Lord be with you. Then Saul gave David his own armor, a bronze helmet and a coat of mail. David put it on, strapped the sword over it, and took a step or two to see what it was like, for he had never worn such things before. I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them, so David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then, armed only with a shepherd's staff and a sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering into contempt at this rudy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals, Goliath yelled. David replied to the Philistine. You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head, and then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David ran quickly out to meet him. Reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The the stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine, 
with only a sling and a shot and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. Oh, it's so good. I think the reason that David and Goliath is so uh, popular, right? It's such a popular uh, story from the Bible is because it is so clear that Goliath, um, you know, was goading all of them. He was scary. But David had not one ounce of fear, not one ounce of doubt that God would make sure he, that they could conquer this giant, that they could conquer their enemy. And I think most of us really struggle with having that level of faith, of not thinking that our God is is that big or that mighty or that great. And so I think hearing that story again and really hearing about the size of faith that David had, I think it's that is the miraculous part that he truly believed and he was correct in that God would, you know, basically protect and save and conquer for his people. And I think that's just uh, such a promising message. So another scripture that I want to uh, share with you that's just really aligned with this is uh, Colossians 3.2, which says, set your mind on things that are, that are above, not on things that are on earth. So once again, let's not so much worry about what is going on today. What are the things that are causing us worry and strife? But let's instead keep looking to scripture, keep looking to the word and what God's capable of instead of, you know, our daily human concerns. And I recently finished Mark Batterson, a pastor from DC's book, Please, Sorry, and Thanks, which I highly recommend. It's It was really a great book. And I will definitely be sharing an episode or two about his book and just the many uh, things and lessons and insights he shared in the book. I could literally probably cover it. You know, I could probably do 10 episodes on the book. But anyways, one of the points that he makes in the chapter about, let's see, he's talking about, I guess, um, pleas and gratitude. But he's basically talking about it is faith when we're praising God before he does it, whereas afterwards it's gratitude. So this is what he says. When you praise God for partial miracles, you are prophesizing your praise. Gratitude is praising God after he does the miracle. Faith is praising God before he does it. It's like a down payment on a miracle. Thank God before it happens, then see what happens. That that thanks might just have a domino effect. Is there a partial miracle you need to praise God for? Take a deep breath. Now pray a bold prayer. And much like I was saying, let's say that we're struggling in a, a relationship, or maybe we have a health uh, diagnosis or scare. Maybe we've lost our jobs, you know, or or maybe we're looking for that next uh, job or opportunity. But has there been a small movement already that we need to thank God for, that we need to have faith in him, that he's already moving in our you know lives, he's working in our lives, and the miracle's coming. It just hasn't been finished yet. And so I thought that that was really relevant with um, talking about David and Goliath and just having the faith that David had in our lives. And every day, just remembering to renew that faith and remember just how great and mighty and big God is. And one thing I love about Mark Batterson is he's always talking about, if you don't believe in miracles, you know, think about the worth 
the earth rotating around in orbit every day and keeping us in place. You know, in other words, there's so many miracles happening at every second that we don't even see the effort in and we don't think about it, but truly it's a miracle and we're here, gravity, all the things. So sometimes we just need to expand our view to remember just how great God is. And throughout the Bible, we're reminded to trust in the Lord. We're reminded that he's our rock. We are reminded to focus on him, to keep going to him instead of, you know, like I said, our worries, our problems, or just even what we think on our own, we're going to be able to do to fix it or change something. And so it's in Isaiah 26, three is one of the many scriptures that talk about that, which says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. Trust in the Lord always for the Lord God is the eternal rock. So once again, you know, we're told we can have, we can be at peace even in the midst of our own storms, even in hard times. If we just keep our eyes fixed and our hearts, you know, in our prayers on God and that we trust him to you know, make right to do good in all circumstances. And so today I just wanted to encourage you. I wanted to remind you, take a minute and go read the entire um, 1 Samuel 17, the entire story of David and Goliath for yourself and just be encouraged in your faith and, you know, maybe take a few minutes and reflect on, you know, how big is your God? You know, in your mind, are you humanizing him? In other words, are you not truly taking the time to grasp how mighty he is, how capable and how beyond really our comprehension, you know, his ability and his promises are, you know, both then and today for our lives. So until next time, I hope you have a wonderful uh, day. Thanks again for listening. And if you would like to be encouraged and lifted up, I have a seven-day encouragement challenge. If you'd like to sign up, go to faithfueledwoman.com and just enter your email address and you will be sent seven days of Christian encouragement and inspiration to your inbox. Thanks again for listening to Faith Fueled Woman. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you would share it with a friend. And if you would leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because it helps us get discovered by more people spread more hope in the world. Thanks again for listening in.